Hello everyone! Welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours. We are so happy to have you here with us. This is going to be an incredible episode because we are having a conversation with our favorite Kiwi filmmaker, Fraser Grew. He is absolutely amazing and no doubt in my mind, making history in New Zealand and around the world. We are so excited to share his dreams, his story, what he has been working on, and I know that you will be encouraged and probably have a good laugh with what he has to say. So without further ado... Hey! Hello! Hello! How's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just so happy to to have you here as a guest because with with this podcast, one of the biggest core values is that we believe in making friends in unexpected places. And I feel like me reaching out and saying, hello, would you like a book is probably one of the most random ways you could start a new friendship. But here we are. So I'm just so excited to have you here with us. And why don't you you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, sweet. So uh, my name's Fraser Grew. Um, my last name's got a silent T. Everyone thinks it's Gruff, but it's Grew, like despicable me. Um, I'm a 26-year-old Kiwi. I live in Auckland, New Zealand, so totally opposite side of the world to you. Um, I'm a filmmaker, man. I'm on this crazy mission, which is probably part of the reason we're talking here is I'm on this mission called 10,000 Dreams, where every single day for 10,000 days, which is 27.567 something years. I'm filming a different person saying what their dream in life is. I'm currently on day 1,536. So I'm nearly there, you know, 15% through. I'll I'll finish April the 25th, 2044 at the age of 50. Um, I started December the 8th, 2016. So it's it's a bit of a wild, crazy mission, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of become my life purpose, basically. Yeah. We have so much to talk about with this. I'm so excited, but I want to talk about first off, first off, I'm sure you hear it all the time. Your accent is incredible. I just have to throw it out there because everyone, everyone's thinking it. We, we love Kiwis. I got to visit New Zealand back in 2018, and I had met some Kiwi friends in a very unexpected way, kind of like how our friendship started. And I was in college working at a gym, and some Kiwis came in as guests, and I picked up on their accents right away. And they're like, how did how did you realize? And they had never been to the U.S. before. And so I had ended up showing the kids around that were just a few years younger than me. And they said, why don't you come visit us in New Zealand sometime? I said, don't say it if you don't mean it, because I'll be there. And (laughs) 18 months later, I flew to Auckland and I stayed on their couch for a week. That's amazing. See, the weird thing is, lots of people in New Zealand think I'm American. Really? Yeah, so Kiwis think I've got an American accent. Apparently, I've got a very American twang to me, but uh, I don't... (laughs) have you been to the u.s yet yeah i did um five weeks filming there 2019 i ended up i was in new york as well i did east and west coast so if you have not been to chicago yet we have to get you there 
I haven't. All I know about Chicago is Barack Obama and Chicago Bulls. That's about it. That's Honestly, I, I get that, especially whenever I'm overseas, because everyone knows me as Charlotte from Chicago. I actually got it almost the polar opposite, though. Once I was in the Philippines and I said I was from Chicago and someone looked at me and he goes, are you in a gang? And I looked at him and said, what? And he said, do you own a gun? And I said, you caught me. I am the face of Chicago gang violence. You caught me. <laughs> but we will have to get you out there for sure. And wait, what do you think when you think of New Zealand? What are your go to cliches? So I hate admitting it, but when I think of New Zealand, one of the first thing I think of is, oh, the country with more sheep than people. And I feel like <laughs> I hear that from so many people, but I. I know how like beautiful New Zealand is. My number one thing on my bucket list actually is in New Zealand. I want to go paragliding in Queenstown. And oh, so sick. that's the second thing, like besides the split second, oh, sheep, I think of going paragliding in Queenstown. And I spent a little bit of time in Auckland and I got to visit Rotorua. And so I got to see the redwoods yeah. and absolutely beautiful. So I know New Zealand is just amazing and it bothers me so much that you get left off of maps so many times yeah. like you you see them in coffee houses and I'm like you have Australia but you forgot New Zealand <laughs> I know man it's traumatic we're all we're all <laughs> working through that one <laughs> yes and I think I think what you're doing with your 10,000 dreams is going to be a great way to just showcase New Zealand and people are like wow Thank look you. at the great things coming out of of there and <laughs> I, I would love to dive into that more so the fact Far that you away. have all the dates down about like where you are the thousand it's <laughs> it's insane to me so I feel like we have to go back to the beginning. Where where did this dream start? Yeah, so it was basically just a bet with a mate over a drink. Um, <laughs> it was pure banter. I was just, the bet was that I'd do it for one year. Um, I tried to get him to do it, but he was like, eh. So I was like, okay, I'll do it for a year. It was, yeah, there was no big purpose behind it. There was no game plan. There was no big picture. It was genuinely just banter with a mate. Uh, and about 240 days in, I was chasing Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister's dream. This was just before she became prime minister and her team turned me down. So I was like, yeah, I get why they turned me down. I'm, I'm, I'm only doing this for a year. I've only got a hundred days left. So I just went back one night randomly and I just was like, let's see what they say. I'm doing it for 10,000 days. And I was like, I'll just see what they say. Like, let's just do a crazy email. And they came back and they're like, okay, can you do it on Tuesday? I was like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> so I quickly changed my name on Instagram to 10,000 dreams. Didn't tell anyone in my life. And I was like, okay, 10,000 days. What's that? Like three years or something? Four years? I can do that. And it turned out to be 27 and a half years. And here I am man it's just my you know I think it was what God called me to do it was the thing I was just somehow meant to do I never it was not the game plan um I was just meant to direct feature films that was my dream uh, I directed a feature film when I was 20 that came out at cinemas in New Zealand um that was my dream and this totally came out of nowhere and it's so weird and it's so fun um 
it's challenging as heck but it is like i don't know i i there's so many times when i want to quit as you can imagine you know a quarter of your life doing this every day half the time you want to quit and you're like why the heck am i doing this but i wouldn't want to be doing anything else it's opened up such crazy doors it's given me an excuse to reach out to anyone in the world like i can contact anyone no matter what age you are what country you live in and they'll understand the questions it's so universal so it's kind of given me this platform to just meet everyone and it's so fun it's crazy um but it's it's absolutely incredible and i love that you it it's very much this the saying go big or go home because it wasn't oh i'll do it like a little bit more you went from zero to 100 with ten thousand. that is amazing so i want to know would you classify yourself as an extrovert or an introvert and has this project changed you at all interesting i've had that conversation with lots of people recently i was full introvert prior to this full introvert i'm now like complete extrovert it's totally changed my character my view on the world my own dreams how i converse with people it's made me way more confident talking to people i feel very confident that you can throw me into a room now and i'd be all right with a bunch of randoms because having like 1500 conversations with random people you start to get confident talking to you figure out how to converse with people i guess but yeah i went from introvert to full extrovert it yeah that's crazy especially because so many people believe that it's just like that's what you're born with you're either an introvert or an extrovert and i'm i've always been so far along on the extrovert route i I get that i get that so I'm the person that I'm known that I can make friends with anyone like in a very quick amount of time um and that's that's one of the best things with this podcast is that we believe that all strangers are a new potential friendship so I I love and resonate with with what you have done of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to go talk to people and I know something that everyone introvert and extrovert struggles with is the fear of rejection so how have, has your journey kind of transformed as you're going? Because I'm sure for the thousands of yeses that you've had so far, you've gotten a couple more thousand no's from people. So how have you gone about dealing with that? Yeah, no, totally. I've, I joke around. I've probably been turned down by every single person in the entertainment industry in the world. (laughs) Um, I've been very lucky and gotten some crazy awesome yeses, but I, you're, you're right. I've been turned down by way more people. It's just a part of life now. Eh? I, you kind of get to a point where rejection doesn't hurt anymore. It's just like, okay, you get 50 rejection emails a day and you're like, okay, yeah, sweet. It is what it is. Um, so yeah. And I guess like going on to people on the street, random people on the street, uh, just, you just get used to that feeling of fear when you go okay and you have to have you know like i don't know if you've seen we brought a zoo that matt damon film you that love is it? bob that is bob goff's favorite movie and I, I when i was with bob back in october he had talked about it and i said you know what and i went home and watched it and was like wow you just need a little bit of courage that's the that's the line right there 20 seconds of courage you just get to the point where you're like okay what's the worst that can happen they say no they're not rejecting me as a person. They're just not in the mood to share their dream. I totally get it. It's a scary thing to share. Um, 
yeah, I guess, and I, I always found that the dreams for me that are most that stand out the most, or the dreams that are probably had the most significant effect on me, are always the ones that came on the other side of that fear. So if I was really nervous to film a dream, they usually end up being my favorite dreams. It's it's real interesting. You get you just get used to that feeling, and you're like, this is a good thing. That fear of failure is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. There are definitely days where the amount of rejection brings you down and you have a real bad day or two day period and you're like, why am I doing this? Everyone's rejecting me. This is never going to be anything. This is, oh, I like all the time, but you just get used to rejection. Um. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes we're, we're our, our own worst critic and by saying, yeah. oh no, like this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And I know that Every, everyone deals with that regardless of where in the world you are. I had that this week. I've been, I'm at this new chapter of my life. I'm kind of venturing into this new business that I'm, I'm launching. And I went to post a video on TikTok and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm starting this and I just need to do it. Like, it's not going to be perfect. And I had a whopping three days ago, I had like 1500 followers. I posted my first video. I was like, okay, I just got to do it. Three days later, we're sitting at 2.1 million views. And I'm like, what the heck happened? Really? Yeah. Whoa. So um, I blame it on us landing on Mars this week. Like literally that's all this craziness. And so no wow. matter what, no matter what you do, there's, there's always that fear that you have of like, why am I doing this? Like, is this going to be good? Are people going to like it? But oh, I yeah. think, I think the realization of like, I'm doing this for me and like, people are going to like it. People are going to come along and some people won't. And that's fine. Once you get that mentality in you, the fear of rejection just loses so much of the power that it has over you. That's, that's so true, man. Yeah. We are hundreds of own worst enemies. Like I got, I mean, it might seem real like silly for me to say, but Auckland went into a three day lockdown this week. Which I mean, I, I shouldn't be complaining. I, I have. How long have you been in lockdown for? Over, oh, we're we like, hit uh, a year in like two weeks. So I'm just going to complain about my three day lockdown, and <laughs> I feel so bad. But it's so weird, like how that had such a significant mental effect on me. And I went into a real bad period for like three days, and I was like, "Why am I doing this? This is terrible." No, it's I don't know where it came from, but. I shouldn't be complaining. I'm sorry. That was a poorly timed That's, joke. Right? It's okay. Everyone goes through their things. But so I guess, how do you deal with when you get in those little slums? Because I've I've kind of learned my, my routine that when I get in a little bit of a funk of like, instead of fighting it, I'll acknowledge it. And then I'll go mm. through certain things that help me. Sometimes that involves blasting Jesus music or like 70s disco and just driving around for a little bit. And sometimes it's just kind of turning the day off and saying, you know what? Yeah. Today is kind of labeled as an L, but <laughs> tomorrow's a new day. So what are some of the ways that you have figured out that when you're in little slums, how you personally can get out of it? Mm, I think I agree. I think accepting that a day is a loss and you go, okay, tomorrow will be a better day. I'm going to just call it, call it quits today and just, I mean, I think I'm lucky that with 10,000, I have a, I have to do a dream a day. So there is no exception. There is no day off. There is, so I can, even if I'm in a real bad, having a real bad day and I've got no motivation, 
that deadline and that kind of commitment, I go, I have to do it, which is quite good because it, it just shows how good it is that kind of discipline sometimes to force yourself to do something. Um, if this was an option and it's like, try do 10,000, have a couple of days off, it's up to you. I would have quit by now 100%. So I'm lucky that I have to. So usually if I'm having a bad day, I'll procrastinate until the last second before I have to do a dream or I fail the whole project. <laughs> like I'll leave it till 11 p.m. at night and I'll go, screw it, I have to do it now. Like there is no option right now. And that kind of fires me up when you get into that space. Um, but I don't know, I love doing dishes. Doing dishes like resets me. So I love when the kitchen's messy. I love it so much. Cause then I just come and clean it and I scrub it and I spray and wipe everything. And it just resets me totally. I get upset when my flatmates do the dishes. <laughs> I, I actually genuinely love doing it. It's like therapy for me. I don't know why. You, do you need a new roommate or anything? Like, let me know. <laughs> and everyone like, it's a very weird thing to be hyped about but I get very hyped you know when you have a big family dinner like a Christmas dinner and there's like hundreds of dishes in the kitchen everyone's avoiding it like the plague like I gotta do it it's I, I don't want to do it with anyone though it's got to be a solo thing I do not want to share the dishes like I don't like doing it with someone I like doing it by myself listening to music so, so post post pandemic, I'm flying you to the U.S. and you're coming for Thanksgiving dinner with us. Like, I think oh, that's the moral of the story. You you need an American Thanksgiving. I'm a be in there. I'm a be in there, man. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's incredible. So, how far in advance do you plan out the or not plan out these dreams, but like the backlog of them? So, with podcasts, I try to have one or two in the bank so that I can just upload it and not have to think about it how far from when you record a dream until it's posted uh five hours <laughs> you got it that close wow i don't i don't really have a backlog so like okay. two days ago i had like two hours to do a dream before i had to go to an event and i couldn't do a drink it is or anything and i literally had no one so i just had to drive around look at you know like like or when I was in lockdown a few days ago I got real desperate so I just filmed myself yelling out of the window to randoms on the street you know like it's I think that's the whole point of this it's meant to be life as it comes um if I had Very 50 cool. 50 in a backlog I think it just get too easy and it I think it'd take away from the point it's almost like my life journal told through dreams as well you know as I grow where I go the dreams go so when I travel, the dreams are international. When it's locked down, the dreams are done through Zoom calls. And it's, I don't know, I think that's, for me, it's looking back, it's like a time capsule. And I can now see my life of the last four years. I can see exactly what I was doing every single day, told through dreams. Um, it's, yeah, so I, I, I mean, a lot of people are like, you could just do 10,000 dreams in like two years and just knock them out, you know? And but to me, I think it's not about getting to 10,000 dreams, it's about the journey of getting to 10,000 dreams. That's why I want to do 27 years and not five years. It is my Everest to climb. Um, and I think looking back at the end of 30 years, it will be a 30 year time capsule of three decades of Earth. 
you'll see pre-COVID time, the dreams are so different. Then you see COVID, all the dreams are done through iPhones. Then you see post-COVID world. Then you see Black Lives Matter. You could see that week of Black Lives Matter. All the dreams were related to that and tied to that. And you can kind of see what the world was going through when you look back. That to me is what gives me a massive kick with this whole thing. And I think you'd totally lose that if you just went and filmed 10 dreams a day. I think you'd totally lose that. Um, wow. I, my, so I'm such a visual person. My mind immediately went to like a museum exhibit and 30 years down the line, I'm going to go to the 10,000 dreams exhibit and be walking through and get to see these little, little clips and just all the different screens of just as the time, time goes on. I think, wow, that's, I completely, yeah. I completely agree. That's beautiful and amazing. And I know that I, I have watched yours, but I would love to hear it from your perspective of what your dream is and if it has changed since the one that you have posted yourself. Yeah, my dream, uh, before I started this, my dream ever since I was seven was to win an Oscar at 23. Um, that's first day at film school when I was 16. I told the whole class, 80 people, I said, I'm going to win an Oscar at 23. And they laughed. And that was my big dream. I was so determined. I directed a feature film at 20. I was like, this is it. This is going to be my film. This is it. I'm going to win Oscars. Um, and I got to 23 and I didn't win an Oscar. And I basically quit film for six months and felt like a massive failure. Because my dream was way too, like, like, sure, you can make a great film, but it's not up to you whether you win an Oscar or not. It's up to a group of 1,000 people that vote on it you've got nothing all you can do is make a good film that's the best you can do in that situation so my dream was wrong my goal was wrong it was totally about me being famous and a powerful filmmaker so when I kind of that's around the time I started 10,000 dreams when I failed my lifelong dream basically and now my dream is all around helping the world dream it's totally changed I still want to direct films I want to direct kids films but my ultimate dream is to film 1 billion dreams. And that sounds impossible. And when you first hear that, it sounds, oh, that's totally impossible. And it is if I do it. But that's 100,000 filmmakers around the world doing 10,000 dreams. So when I finish this in 2044, I want to build it into a movement that continues. And you get thousands of filmmakers around the world doing it in their own communities, their own cities, their own, their own countries. And then hopefully by the end of my life, we could get to a billion dreams. That would be probably my massive life moonshot dream now. Um, I just want to help the world dream. Like it's totally changed. Yeah, it's changed me as a person, this whole project. I was a very selfish person before I started this. It was all about me. The thought of doing something that was totally selfless, which I guess this kind of is. That was just not on the cards. It was everything had to benefit me. Everything was about where I would be in, you know, five, 10 years. So it's just funny how God works, man. That was, never saw that coming, but. Uh, I think yeah. there's, there's so many thoughts that I have running through my head. One is a quote from the president of the university where I went and that's, there's no such thing as an unrealistic goal, only an unrealistic timeline. So. Mm. That's the first that. thing I thought of with, with you and like reaching that by 23, like I had a couple, so I'm 24 and I had a goal to visit 50 countries by the time I turned 25 and I was on track for that, 
but COVID had other plans. <laughs> so now I, I went through a little bit of like, oh, this sucks. I was so close. And I said, you know what? Like, no such thing as an unrealistic goal, only an unrealistic timeline. And there's been a verse that's been on my heart a lot recently, and that's Ephesians 3.20. And that's that God wants to do greater than we could ever ask or imagine. And I think it's mm. so beautiful when those failures come, there's little slaps in the face and you're like, God, what? I thought I thought I was on the right track. Like, what am I, what am I doing? And it ends up being just the the closing door to open for an even better door. And so for you to go through that six months that you're like, I'm a failure, this sucks, I hate this. Why to then open up this beautiful dream bigger than you could ever ask or imagine. It's just, it's so incredible getting to see God's hand move throughout all of these things after we get to take a step back and not be in the moment, yeah. you know? Totally. And I think like, I found now in hindsight, I was so much more unhappy when I was just pursuing my own selfish dreams. I was so much more unhappy and I was so stressed all the time. And I, you know, I never felt peace, but now doing something that isn't about me, I feel so peaceful all the time. And you actually realize that making other people's dreams come true or helping other people's dreams is so much cooler in helping your own dream it's it's such a flip and i guess it's the whole message of jesus too you know it's coming to serve not it's not like you know it's yeah it's so buzzy it's all hindsight now i wish i wish i knew this 10 years ago i wish i started this when i was 12 oh my gosh if i had done this through high school, <laughs> the best filmmaker oh i'm so annoyed i didn't do this through high school this would have been so cool to have like a memory through high school oh oh well that is, what it is but that's the thing we we start at the right time and it is what it is man yeah it's just it's so it's so crazy how the the timeline comes through with with all of that and it's wild because i think it's going to be a great way to watch you grow over the decades too not just the world and other people but how you yeah. change and develop as a filmmaker because yeah. i'm a creative as well i'm in photography and i just bought a drone so i've been Ooh. like flying that around mainly because i'm an aviation geek like a huge aviation awesome. geek and since i can't fly right now i'm like well at least i can control a little flight so i've seen as a creative that and I've, I've learned the lesson that if you don't look back on your old work and kind of cringe, you might yeah. not be growing. So it's cool <laughs> to see how you're going to grow over the decades to come yeah. as a filmmaker, especially as you're pursuing your dream too of producing children's movies. So it's, yeah. I think it's cool that you can have this dream and passion, but it, it First off, it doesn't define you. Like if something mm -hmm. happened and it went away, like you are still you, like you still are rock solid in your faith, but that you can work on your other dreams along with it and they build up each other. It's not one or the other. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, oh no, you said something like 20 seconds ago and then I was, oh, what was it? Oh no, it just totally slipped. Yes, okay. Yeah, you can already see if you scroll back through, you can totally see how I've changed as a filmmaker. You can see the first 100 days, I was putting zero effort into it. 
Like I was lazy with it. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like no, no, there was no passion or perfectionism or anything behind it. It was sloppy. The thumbnails were just like a blurry image. It's so embarrassing. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But it's weird. Like, so I did a dream a week ago and I'm like, ah, oh, I hate how I filmed that. The lighting was bad. The frame, oh, I graded it so bad. And I can't look at that dream. But in two years time, I'll look back at that dream and be like, oh, that's cool. Nostalgic. <laughs> it, was, I, it wasn't my best job, but it was, it's weird. It, like you go through a period where you can't look at something for years. You're like cringe, the worst thing I've ever done. And then you come to a point where it's real nostalgic and it's like, oh, it's imperfect. I love it that it's imperfect. It makes it cooler almost. So looking back at the first 100 dreams now, I love that they look like there's no effort behind it because it shows where I was at the time. It shows that I had no idea that I was going to do this for the next 27 years. Like if I had known that, I probably would have put way more effort in if I had known this was like a life commitment and not just a bet with a mate. But yeah, and man. It's just, it's crazy to to think back and I guess in in looking on all this besides the growth, but you can just... I don't know. I just think it's something really cool to look back and get to see like if the whole idea is like a time capsule and, and, and growth, but it's, there's just something really cool about art. You know, there's something, something beautiful about it. And I think the biggest thing is, I don't know if you feel this, but I get this way a lot about being kind of a perfectionist with things that I put out, especially in the the culture that our generation has about putting things on Instagram. Oh, it has to be picture perfect and all of those things. So sometimes I won't put out like photos that I really like because I'm, I look at it and say, Oh, this is terrible. Like, I hate this. I wish I would have taken this better. And then I eventually do it and people, people love it. And it's, yeah. You you wonder, well, well, why didn't I do this sooner? Or I think mm-hmm. throwing out the idea that everything has to be perfect. I'd rather have it be done than perfect. And I feel like you probably can relate with that on account of mm-hmm. you are constantly putting out things. So you cannot just sit and say, well, I'm going to wait until it's perfect. You're like, no, I have to get it done. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm a very big perfectionist. And it's almost painful sometimes. Like I can spend an hour on a thumbnail, <clears throat> which is crazy. But, <laughs> but you're right. There is a point where having that deadline every day is actually a blessing. Because half the time, I'm not 100% satisfied with my side of the dream. This is nothing about what the dream is. This is about the technical side. I'm not always satisfied. And I post it. I'm like, oh, I could have done better. I should have. But it is what it is. You know, it's. It's like you kind of look back and not every day is perfect in life. You'll have bad periods. And that's kind of what I like. I like that there's periods where I'm not happy with my cinematography. And I'm like, I kind of was lazy. I was, and I'm like, but that's life. You have lazy days. You have bad days. You have days where you're like, I smashed it. That's unreal. Oh my gosh. That I'm like, <laughs> and you're way too hyped about yourself. Um, I think that's life, you know? I think if every day was like a perfect framing perfect lighting perfect it would almost feel fake because it's it's not real it'd be too 
yeah i don't know i feel like there's something raw about it being imperfect and being rough and being just on the spot in the moment what it is what it is and it makes you appreciate those really great moments even more and I have learned in my wise 24 years of life that I learn a lot more from my failures than I do from my successes. Like there's been, I've had a lot of just big roller coasters in life of things that have totally knocked my feet out from under me. And most of them, it's, it's not in my control. And that's what I've struggled with the most is when, if I screw up, I can look back and say, okay, how could I have done this better? But a lot of the obstacles that I've had to overcome in life, I've had zero control over. And so it's kind of like, God, what am I, like, this was not my fault. Why am I the one that has to like take the blow here? But I think that the lessons that you learn from those low points, from when your feet get knocked out from Mm. under you, help you grow to have even higher highs and you appreciate those mountaintops more because it took you such a journey to get there 100% I don't think I've asked you what what kind of what's your dream what are you pursuing at the moment what if I don't think I've asked you that I'm like I know no the the dream person so I have a lot of of big dreams and I think that from two people that have been mentors for me uh, for a long while are Bob Goff, who we've talked about a little bit, and yeah. Mark Mark Batterson, who's a pastor yes. in. Oh, do you Bob. know Mark? I just I did his dream three weeks ago. No way! I, just, I haven't. Yeah, um, I I love the Circle Maker, one of my favorite books. Mark has known me since I was eleven years old. I went to his church when I lived in Virginia. My dad and him are friends. And so like Mark has known me most of my life because it's like so cool. And this is actually, I think you're going to love this. So with the newest location that they have of NCC, Mark Batterson's church, the first Sunday that they launched, they weren't fully done with the interior yet. They were all up to code, but there was still like, drywall and painting and stuff that needed to be done. I have to find this picture. So because you like the circle maker, Mark believes in praying circles around your prayers. And what happened that day was that on the first Sunday at this new location, they drew big circles on the main entrance wall. They said, I want everyone to write their prayers and their dreams up here. And then we will paint and like build over this wall. So your prayers that we are praying circles around will be laid into the wall, the foundation of this building. And so what it looked like was just like a huge wall of everyone like writing their dreams and their their prayers. So what I wrote, I've literally shared this with maybe two or three people. So we're just gonna put this out (laughs) here now. But I said, this is my big dream prayer, but I said, Lord, I pray that you will use me as a businesswoman and public speaker to bring glory to you all over the nations, that you will financially bless me so that I can in turn give and be a blessing to others. And so that is at the 
the overarching core of my dream. And I won't, so I want to build Charlotte from Chicago out to be able to help people, help people travel, be able to financially give to causes that I care about and really just emulate the love that Jesus loves us with. So however that's going to look, I do not know, but as of right now, we're, we're riding, riding the crazy wave. <laughs> that's so cool. Wow, I love that idea. Man. Yeah, is he, and so is he an awesome dude in real life? Oh, ab- literally so great. Such oh, such yeah. a great dude. And he's from Chicago. So there it is. I just want to say that all Chicagoans, uh, they're they're pretty great, <laughs> but that's that's definitely big my my big dream. So it's it's really crazy to see how these all these things overlap, but his his stuff has really really encouraged me over the years it's so cool i just started reading if two days ago. yes that yeah. is that is a great book that just tackling the what ifs in life and i think one of the biggest lessons that i learned throughout my life and Mark actually talks about this with his wife experiencing it after battling cancer, but this, so I lost my mom to cancer when I was 10 and there was a good amount of time that I asked God, like, why me? You know, like, why me? This, this was not like, mm. and so it took until about her 10 year passing anniversary for me to realize that's a terrible mindset. I need to have this mindset of, okay, not why me, but what am I supposed to learn from this? And that really has kind of connected with if of like the what ifs in life, Mm. like what if this hadn't happened? What if this did happen? And not to get trapped in those, but to live in what we are given and also just say, okay, well, how can we learn from this? And what are we supposed to learn from this? Like when a lot of things keep happening, maybe we're just not learning a lesson, you know, it's not God out to get us. It's what am I supposed to be learning in this season? Damn. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. It's, and it has been a powerful book. It's been a powerful read the last two days. It's, yeah, I love him so much. Him, him, yeah, honestly, him, him, Bobby Bob now, since reading his book, and John Mark Homer are like my free like go-to Christian writers that I'm like, yeah, they're, oh my gosh. Have you read much of John Mark Homer's stuff? I haven't yet. You'll have to send okay. me a recommendation and I'll, I'll add it to my list. Okay. <laughs> so it's time for me to buy a book for you. <laughs> oh, yes, I love it. I, I will say this is Return probably one of the, the, the best ways that we got connected was for me to just shoot my shot in, in messaging you and saying, hello, <laughs> may I gift you a book? And oh. now the um, San Francisco Zoo will be getting an in, some kind of invoice receipt in their letter. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so yeah. I am curious do you have a dream dream in the way of like who's your dream person that you would like Ah, to hear the dream of i feel like you probably get that a lot but yeah well i started um when i started i wrote out a dream hit list which seemed so far-fetched when i first started this like as if this would ever happen 
And now it's getting scary close to knocking a few off the list. <laughs> it's getting scary close. I'm like, what the heck is happening? So I have my top five is Justin Bieber, Steven Spielberg, Roger Federer, J.K. Rowling, and Elmo. So on Sesame Street. Uh, Elmo, I'm confirmed, and I'm doing Elmo. So I was going to do Elmo August last year, but COVID, travel, everything. So I'm doing Elmo soon. Um, I'm doing Spielberg's daughter soon. Uh, I'm doing Scooter Braun, Justin Bieber's manager soon. So that's my, hopefully that's my end. Um, JK is probably going to be the toughest one, I reckon, of them all. And hopefully Roger, depending, there was potentially last year I was going to go to Shanghai to an ATP tournament and potentially have done him there. But that's my top five. But then if outside of celebrities, I want to do, I don't have kids, but when I have kids, I want to do my kids every year they grow up. I think that will be amazing. Hopefully, so I got 23 years left. I mean, the ultimate goal would to have it that for one of my kids' 21st birthday, I would have 21 of their dreams as a montage video. But I'd have to have a kid in like two years, which I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> so maybe that won't be the, maybe that won't happen. Maybe it'll be like an 18 or something. Um, and I've got my cinematographer, Stash. He's worked with me for years. We went to uni together. He's like my film partner with cinema. He's, yeah, he's my film guy. I'm going to do his dream the day we get a budget for $1 million for a movie, $1 million or higher for a movie for the first time. That's the day I'm going to do his dream. So doing his dream will be pretty cool because it'll be like, oh, we've now made it in terms of where we started at film school to us doing our film dream. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like a, I've kind of started, I, when I started, I had a massive list and I was so big on lists. Like I have to tick off every, like a bucket list of dreams. I've kind of gone away a bit from that now. It's kind of more now like let life unfold and just capture dreams as they come. I don't want to force it. I used to force it and I, you know, like I, two weeks ago, I filmed the dream of one of my best mates at his wedding. And I filmed him and his wife at sunset on their wedding it was amazing moment. I was one of his groomsmen. And I'm like, that's one of my top five dreams. Easy. But that was never on the bucket list. I never put, I want to film a mate at the wedding. I never even thought of doing a mate at their wedding, ever. And I'm like, that's totally would have been on my bucket list if I was to redo one now. And I'm like, that was not planned. That was just in the moment. That was just, and I'm like, yeah, those are the things that I think it's less less about the list now and who are the dream dreams it's more about embracing moments embracing life so when i get a gut i always get this prompting i find there's a prompting from god when i'm i walk past someone or if i'm in a situation i'm like ask that person right there what their dream is go talk to that person go knock on that door and i genuinely feel the sense of i have to reach out to this person or i have to go and i want more of those moments so i think i've I've changed my mindset a bit, I'd say. But I do, like I said, I do have a top five that I've, that's like the dream wish list kind of thing. Um, that's, that's so, <laughs> so, so amazing. And I love it. And that totally 
totally makes sense. And I think that also you just speaking this out into existence, not to be cliche and be like, oh, <laughs> manifesting. But I think that yeah. that when you put out your dreams in you put out that space, one, you're drawing that kind of stuff into you and you never know who like who's connected to who and who wants to help yeah. you. And so who knows, maybe one of my listeners is going to say like, hey, I'm related to JK, like, let me connect you and like, <laughs> things like that. So I think there's something really beautiful about talking about our dreams. Yeah. And some people, some people are going to laugh at your dreams, you know, like that just happens. And we don't need them. But I think that the the value that comes from sharing your dreams and also that sharing your huge God-sized dreams that could only be accomplished with like divine intervention, one, yeah. it gives all the glory to God, which is the the best part, but also it encourages other people to dream big dreams. And I think that's one thing I've encountered a lot is that I'm like, I'm the person that shoots your shot, will go talk to anyone and has those moments like you, those promptings of like, I have to go talk to that person. Um, I actually got this situation recently. I was driving in New York City and a woman had like pulled off and started screaming at the passenger in her car to get out. And I was like, I don't like this, like in Manhattan. And I pulled over and like got out and I said, is everything okay? And she, she was yelling and like all this and it ended up being like a big fight. But I felt inclined to get out and just like, I didn't know this woman, but I'm like, I'm not going to let you like feel like you're in danger and be here. And so I guess the reason of bringing all of this up is that there's those scary things of like, why would I do this? Like, why would I share this dream? Why would I put myself out there? But that is when some of the best stories, the best friendships, the best encounters come from is when you say, okay, I acknowledge that I'm afraid, but I'm not going to let that hinder me. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, a story like that last year. Do you know who the Wiggles are? Stop. I rewatched your Wiggles videos recently because that just brings me so much joy. Do I know who the Wiggles are? Of I, didn't course. Know it, I didn't know if it was an American thing or if it was just uh, New Zealanders and Australians. Mashed bananas, <laughs> mashed bananas, of course. <laughs> okay. So I was... um. I went over to Sydney January last year. So I I went to help one of them propose to his fiance. And so I went <laughs> You helped a wiggle propose? It seems so flexy when I say that. I, I feel so embarrassed. Everyone's like, what? So I just went to help film it. Um anyway, and when I when I arrived they announced a charity concert with the OG4. So the old OG4 from like 15, 20 years ago. And it was for the bushfire in Australia. And it was five days away, the concert. And I was only meant to be in Sydney for like one day, basically. I just went over to just do the proposal thing. Um, and I was like, oh, I feel like I should stay for the concert. And I was like, ah. Oh, I don't know, it's five days. What would I do in Sydney for five days? Like, anyway, I was like, okay, I'll stay for the concert and I'll try film the OG dream. So at this point, I'd only filmed the current Wiggles dreams, but this was like Greg, Jeff, Murray. And I was like, okay, you probably won't get another chance to film their dreams. Anyway, that whole week, I got real sick and I hated it. I was miserable the whole week. I was homesick. I was like, I hate this. My mum's a travel agent and I messaged her. I'm like, 
can you get me out of Australia today? I was like, I'm, I'm not going to wait. And there was just some prompting. I was like, I feel like I have to be at that concert. I don't know why. Anyway, I stayed, filmed the OG's dreams before the concert. And with Greg, um, the yellow wiggle, I filmed him in this backstage room where the lighting was real bad. And I hated the shot. I was like, this is such a bad shot. The settings on the camera were wrong. The sound was stretchy. The whole thing collapsed on me. And I was like, what have I done? Anyway, I go up to him as he's getting changed before the show goes on. I'm like, hey, Greg, can I quickly refilm your dream? I hate to do this. And he's like, we'll do it straight after the show. I'm like, cool. And then they do this show. And then straight after the show, right in front of me, here's a, here's a cardiac arrest. And it was like massive media news. And we thought he died. We thought he died. It was a crazy deal. And it was being there backstage for like an hour with the wiggles and paramedics and ambulances. And it was just so surreal. The whole situation was surreal. And I now look back at Greg's dream and I'm like, who cares that the lighting was bad or the setting? Like that could have been his la- one of his last moments that you captured. Mm-hmm. And it just made me go, wow, that was a God thing. That was, I was meant to be there that day. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's the feeling inside where you just know you have to do something, even if you it's don't want to do it. And isn't that one of your more popular videos? You're like, I think when I pulled up saying um, like by popularity or like by most views, that was one of the higher up ones. Probably, yeah, that was, yeah, it was just, it was pretty yeah it was just a surreal story and it's a real weird story because people are like what the heck <laughs> especially when you start off I went to help one propose like it's just like yeah, what? It's, <laughs> it's it's so it's incredible I love it so I love random. it and I guess in a way of kind of winding down I want to know how can how can we support you how can we support 10,000 dreams and um I think one of the cool things with technology is just being connected to people in a totally different realm like your circle in New Zealand probably has very few overlaps with mine in the U.S. and other countries so how can we be of help for you both personally and with your 10,000 dreams? Well I find um, a lot of people when I like I reach out to people they're like oh I wanted to do it but I wasn't sure if I should ask Like, I didn't want to ask, can I do my dream? I didn't think, they're like, you probably have got too many people to do anyway. So what? And I'm like, dude, I've got 10,000 people to do. I need people. (laughs) So if you're in Auckland listening to this and you want to do your dream, please DM me. (laughs) I need dreams. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I like, I don't want to be like, oh, follow me or anything. Like, I think the most anyone could do is just, talk to your mates about what their dreams are it's conversations we don't have much at all and it's so important encourage your mates to pursue their dreams just talk like yeah I don't yeah it's it's that's probably all I'd say is I just want to encourage people to start that conversation in their own lives what's your dream ask your family ask your friends and encourage each other um in New Zealand there's a real big tall poppy syndrome where New Zealanders aren't usually encouraging of pursuing dreams I, I feel like it's different in america i feel like america is more the american dream yeah you can do anything new zealand's totally different new zealand's like if you're successful we'll knock you down totally knock you down so in new zealand no one ever would say what's your dream to a group of mates at a pub no one would ever say that 
And I think I want to change that. Totally. I think there's something real powerful about encouraging and talking about dreams with your mates um, and helping and God, just letting your mates know that you believe in them. And I think people hear it enough, you know, I think that's all. If you're going to, yeah. I love I it. I love it. Journey. Yeah. I love it. And regardless, I'll get to shameless plug you and I'll post you on everything and tag you in the go. show notes. So, so you may not say everyone follow me, but I will say it. Everyone follow you because I love your, your, Thank your you. dreams. And I just think you're a really powerful and talented creator, content creator and cinematographer, and you're, you have a beautiful eye for it. So even if Thank you couldn't care less about, like, if people couldn't care less about dreams, just look at it for the, the beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Daughter. I love it. Okay. And so I gave you a little bit of a heads up, but a big finale. what I like to do because I'm a traveler, traveler at heart. And now that you said your mom's a travel agent, you, you are, you're prime for this question. So my favorite <laughs> thing to ask everyone, everyone that I meet, everyone on this podcast, like literally I'll be drunk at a bar and be like, so. <laughs> so my favorite question to ask people is if you could travel to anywhere in the world, time, money, distance, none of it mattered. Where would you go and why? I'd stay in Auckland. No way. <laughs> I 100% would stay in Auckland. For like a trip, not like, not like to no. live, really. No, no. Now, for me, it's, I, I've traveled quite a lot over the last few years. And whenever I travel, I just get so homesick. I just love Auckland. And it's not just because it's home. Like, I genuinely think the layout of the city, the harbor, the mountains, the beaches, it's got everything you would ever want in a city. It's, yeah, it's so, it's probably real cheesy and real down buzz answer. <laughs> but I honestly, I would, I would stay in Auckland with the people I love and just explore Auckland with the people I love. Like, home is where the heart is. That's so cheesy, but it's so true, man. But I will give you a better answer. I will give you a, a out of New Zealand answer just for the, the lols. <laughs> okay. Um. I loved Boston. When I went to Boston, Boston was sick. I went by myself though. So I did all of America basically by myself. So if I could go to Boston with like a group of real close mates, that would be pretty dope. I just, yeah, walking around Harvard at sunset, going through the American football stadiums. It was pretty sick. It's pretty cool. It's like England on steroids. <laughs> but with wall burgers yeah. yes you can't go wrong with some wall burgers well that is amazing and i'm just so thankful that we got to spend a little time just chatting today and talking talking dreams it has been so fun thank you so much for having me charlotte appreciate it a lot eh? wow what an amazing conversation truly I really hope that you are encouraged and really took away from that conversation some some great little nuggets because I know that I did. I want to thank Fraser for, for his time. And again, please go connect with him on social media. Keep up to date with the 10,000 Dreams Project. It is absolutely amazing and no doubt in my mind is going to go down in history in New Zealand 
and around the world. It is so inspiring to hear people's dreams, big and small, and I really hope that you walk away from this podcast today and go have a conversation, even if it's just with one person in your circle, and ask what their dreams are. You never know how you can help someone achieve their dream by just asking and just talking about it. So anyways, thanks again to our friend Fraser. We are so thankful that you came and chatted with us today. And as always, if you like the podcast, please share it. Let us know. Follow us on social media. If you listen to this on Apple, please leave a review. And we hope that you have an absolutely incredible, fantastic day.